program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. And welcome to Authentic Living. Today, we're going to be talking to Melissa Bradley, who's going to help us to discuss a subject that is one of the world's most difficult to discuss. The subject is so difficult, in fact, that when I sent out the announcements for this week's show, I got feedback from one pseudo-enlightened person who made this comment, give it a rest, the 90s are over. I guess that some of us think that we kept this subject taboo for centuries, so a decade of talking about it is enough. But given the number of rapes and molestations that are still happening in this country every single day, including the most recent horror of J.C. Dugard's life, we are going to talk about it today. However, our talk is not going to drag you through the details of trauma, but rather offer you the hope of not only surviving trauma, but learning to thrive. Our guest today is Melissa Bradley, an expert on traumatic stress with 27 years of experience in the field of sexual trauma, both as a clinician and as an investigator. She's taught more than 50,000 professionals from the United States, Canada, and Central America, her own models of healing called... The Psychology of Resilience, a Multimodal Approach to Thriving Using the Heroic Journey, and also her three stages of healing, Counseling Victims of Sexual Trauma. Both of these approaches offer a positive response to trauma in which persons can learn to not only survive, but thrive. A frequent guest on regional and national radio and TV news shows, seminars, national and statewide conventions, Missy addresses a wide range of topics which include rape, sexual abuse, and and has received several prestigious national and international media awards. I personally met Missy at a workshop I attended on the heroic journey, and I asked her to speak to you today. And we are so glad to have you. feel really lucky to be able to get you to talk with us today about this formidable topic. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, let's just jump right in there and talk about this thing. Uh, The heroic journey, I know it's not just for survivors of sexual trauma, to be sure. I think we're all on some form of heroic journey. But how does the heroic journey relate to survivors of sexual trauma? Well, the the heroic journey is, uh, we're kind of born into a heroic journey. Um, our life is a journey, Our even our death is a heroic journey. So whenever we go through a challenge or a change in our life or a traumatic event, we start on the path and we go through some fairly predictable uh, stages. They will they will play out very differently depending on a person's cultural or religious tradition, if they have one, um, or uh, what their, uh, what their uh, life uh, experiences and whether their parents uh, prepared them for the heroic journey or the heroic framework. 
Right. So actually this is something that if we can be sort of trained in how to do it, we could do it better? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, we've had the heroic journey with us since the beginning of humankind, and most people will recognize the heroic journey because it is the basis of 90 to 95% of all the, the award-winning movies out there, the best liter- literature, as well as the religious text around the world. Okay. So uh, if, a, if a person's been sexually traumatized, and by that I mean molested or raped or anything like that, uh, t- touched inappropriately or being forced to touch inappropriately, how do they engage the hero when they feel so much like a victim? Well, one of the things that I do as a clinician, I think is important to have someone that can receive their story, um, to be able to hear the pain, to hear the losses that go with a traumatic event, but to also, uh, and it doesn't have to be a clinician, but someone that can also um, understand that there were losses that the strengths that they showed that the that they got through it. Obviously, they got through it, or they wouldn't be in the counseling room, or they wouldn't be telling their story. So they they got through the event. Now it is the integration of the event into their life story, because that story remains with us. But the way that we see the story changes as we heal. Now that's a that's a concept I want to talk about a little bit more. How would that happen? How would the story, the story remains the same. We got the facts of whatever our life experience has been, but how would the story change as we integrate it into our lives? Well, part of it changes as we mature and as we um, develop um, our different ego stages of um, some of the most difficult things in our life, whatever they may be, can be the sexual trauma as well. Sometimes it's actually a little bit easier to first see how we learn from those difficult events by losses that we've had in our lives. So um, maybe when we were eight or ten years old, that we had a um, we moved to another city. Um, we lost a lot of the friends that we uh, that we left behind. We had to start a new school, and we grieved that, that it was scary. We were able to move forward. However, in that new city, uh, we were able to make new friends. We were able to be a part of the community, and um, maybe we met our best friend there or spouse or partner, and so we can see the gifts that have come from that. So sometimes it's easier to start with, something that's not as um, highly intense as the uh, sexual trauma, to be able to see how have you gone through changes and losses in your life. And as people integrate it, the story begins to change so you begin to see the gifts in the pain. Mm So um, sometimes we may tap into those things first um, in order for people to finally be able to see the gifts that came from um, surviving any kind of traumatic experience. Right, and it's the survival itself that that is part of the gift. Absolutely. There's a there's a quote by Wayne Muller, um, does an excellent job um, 
wrote a book called Legacy of the Heart, The Spiritual Advantages of a Painful Childhood. And in his, um, in one of his books, many books, he says, uh, within the sorrow there is grace. When we come close to those things that break us down, we also break, uh, um, uh, uh, touch the things that break us open. And in that breaking open, we uncover our true nature. So it is, it is a part of when our heart breaks open from pain, it also breaks open to be able to receive new. Um, so the people do have to mourn. They do have to mourn the process. They also have to figure out, who am I now that this event has occurred? And, and what's the meaning behind this? So it's going to be highly individualized depending on a person's, uh, again, their, per, their, their cultural traditions, their spiritual traditions, um, that will be highly, influ- uh, highly influential in terms of how they see it. Mm-hmm. But those, those three things of making sense of it, um, who am I now, and integrating it into their life story will be a pivotal part of the journey. And a child can't do that. A child um, can, um, a parent or a primary caregiver has to help create safety and stabilization. And when that child gets to be old enough to begin to understand what it was that happened to them, then they begin that part of the journey. Right. Right. So as they begin, they tell the story. That does, does that necessarily mean the old sort of uh, therapeutic archetype that we were all taught, that we have to go back and sort of relive the past and pick up all those memories and there's just another memory in there that I've got to find that makes me whole? I'm, I'm not hearing you say that we have to go back and do a lot of memory work, but really that we tell the story, that we understand the story. And I guess there's some part of reliving it in that, but not necessarily to just be back in the past. Right. Uh, the, the, there's been a real paradigm shift in the, in the treatment community over the last 20 years. And um, sometimes there will be, I call them hot spots in the memory that is kind of frozen in place and has to uh, possibly be dislodged, that just telling, a per, uh, telling the story and the meaning behind it isn't enough. And sometimes there are a lot of different treatment modalities that people may use to help. Um, what is that moment, the worst part of that event? And the irony is in sexual trauma, and certainly sexual trauma survivors may, and thrivers uh, probably know this, it's often not the sexual part. It may be the sense of betrayal. It may be the sense of not being heard. It may be um, um, having to live a lie for years. Right, right, exactly. And and so just being able to uh, work with that particular hot spot you're talking about, and that would be uh, something that the the I want to say client because I'm a therapist, but uh, actually that would be something that the person would lead, not necessarily something that somebody else would say, now you need to go back and have this experience. Absolutely. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So I wanted to clear that up for our listeners because I I think it's real important that this heroic journey belong to the hero. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We get to um, professional 
professionals that um, work with individuals going through their journey. We are there to help support and guide and to teach, but we don't carry. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Okay, so y- you speak on, um, on your website about, or your blog, about the call. Tell us a little bit about the call. What is that? Well, the call comes um, in a couple of different ways. Sometimes we have a light of life event that kind of um, shakes us to our very core. Uh, a lot of times people say, well, I received a wake-up call. Uh, so it can be a specific event that occurs, and certainly with trauma, it is usually a specific event that, that occurs. Um, sometimes the call can come in more of the form of a whisper, uh, almost an invitation to um, to come in and begin to um, uh, develop a new interest or to uh, seek uh, okay. something. Well, I'm going to stop you right there, and we're going to come back in just a moment and talk some more about the call. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit aiht.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we were talking about the call just before our break. We're talking today to Miss, um, Missy Bradley, who is an expert on sexual trauma, and uh, trauma of all kinds, really, but uh, we're talking today specifically about sexual trauma, and wanted to finish up our talk on the, the, the call. Okay, so, so the call, um, uh, I think we left off with uh, when we get the, uh, the type of call. I call it the involuntary call, where it's... it's um, or the voluntary call, I'm sorry, um, where we uh, may begin to sense uh, restlessness, disillusionment. Um, it may be that we begin to develop a new interest, uh, want to go in a new direction in our life, whether it's um, personal or professional, uh, or even spiritual for that matter. And the call is um, a, a usually a uh, gentle awakening that uh, comes to be, but when a traumatic event happens, it's it's kind of like an alarm clock blaring. So uh, we are kind of jolted awake, and there's kind of a shock that that occurs when that call occurs. Right. So that would be more or less an involuntary call. It's one we didn't ask for, and and aren't even really necessarily willing to to take up, but it happens anyway. That's right. And during the process of Healing from sexual trauma, for instance, the call, there may be many calls along the way. There may be a call to recognize that it happened for people that have kind of um, tucked the memory back in their memory bank and, and um, it kind of gets stowed away. So sometimes that call happens with nightmares. Um, sometimes uh, that may be the beginning of the awakening. Sometimes a person may have that sudden call where it comes in the form of a flashback. So the trauma itself can be a call, but then the healing from trauma has its own calls. Okay. So when people begin to have some, some of the, what as therapists we call signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress, some nightmares, some unexplained anxieties, some, some um, flashbacks, things like that, um, that is, a, in a, a way, of calling us deeper into ourselves. That's right. That's okay. right. right. And and there can also be um, uh, relationship difficulties, or if someone um, has had a child when that child gets to be the age that they were when um, the sexual trauma happens, sometimes that's when uh, the call begins. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of different ways that it can manifest. Yep. Yep. Okay. So now, what is? How do we initiate into the transformative process then? Well, part of it is that there be someone that would be in a mentor role, uh, or a uh, or somebody that would be an ally along the way, and and sometimes that takes place with someone face to face. Sometimes it could be a book or a story that we hear uh, that we begin to seek the information. Uh, through books that would be healthy, that would not everybody has to go to a therapist, but 
right. um, it, it certainly can can make the process a little bit uh, smoother. May. <laughs> right, and it, it absolutely depends on the individual. I really want to reiterate that because um, therapy is not the end-all and be-all, and um, there's lots of different kinds of mentors. There's lots of different alliances we can make and definitely a book. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways that people can take this journey. It does not necessarily have to be with a therapist, although therapists can make it easier. So, Okay, so, all right, when we talk about transformation, are we talking about changing the personality? We're not changing the personality. I think what we're doing is uh, reclaiming the authentic self. Mm-hmm. So when a traumatic event happens, oftentimes the authentic self um, um, disappears and a person is more likely to be more in a state of victim. There is kind of a victim mode where we feel like we have no uh, internal locus of control, uh, that we uh, oftentimes with sexual trauma, um, people may feel unworthy, feel dirty. There are a lot of different ways that that may play out. So it is a, a kind of a reclaiming of the authentic self. And part of the way that can be done is through um, as a person um, has someone that will begin to kind of witness um, their process in whatever way that plays out, again, in therapy or other ways, then there will be a point where people kind of come to a crossing the threshold. And the crossing the threshold is kind of, I think of it as almost like a swinging bridge because it's, it can be a scary time. Every time we go across a, a swinging bridge, we may feel our heart rate go up um, and our respiration get a little bit quicker. But what it's doing is it is moving us from the call into um, the transformational crisis uh, or the initiation, as, as it's often called in more native cultures. So the crossing is uh, where there's a series of actions there's a series of decisions that's being made. And when that occurs, um, people get prepared for the next step of the journey. I like to use the, the story of uh, Chuck Yeager when he first broke the sound barrier, that several people had tried to break the sound barrier before Yeager did in October 47. And the, the fuselage of the plane shook so violently, it was very frightening. There were stories about planes blowing apart, etc. But with Jaeger, he was in a vehicle that could withstand the pressure, and as he got up to the threshold and it began to shake violently, he actually blacked out for a second or two, and he loosened his grips on the controls, and that's when he broke the sound barrier. So it happens with people in transformation as well, that there are times that kind of shake us to our very core, we become uncertain, we get scared, we, um, uh, it gets really hard. And if a person knows that when that happens, they're probably at a threshold, it can kind of keep people going until they cross that threshold. And usually they will feel a sense of relief. There actually may be kind of a honeymoon period. Um, there's a um, sense of empowerment that comes with it and then a person is more fully in the initiation phase. Right. 
and they're initiating themselves into some a, a more real, a more genuine part of who they really are. They're not giving up their personality. They're becoming more true to who they are. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And uh, I know that you've got some wonderful stories that might help the, the mythologies that you use so artfully to help us understand the heroic journey. Can you help us with that now? Well, one of my favorites, because it's, it's more of a, a popular movie now and uh, more people may relate to it, is um, Finding Nemo was a wonderful example of the heroic journey. And if someone hasn't seen Finding Nemo, this is a spoiler alert, uh, so uh, plug your ears up. Um, when uh, Nemo goes missing and his father Marlin uh, is quite distraught um, that his son has been lost and there has been a death in the family. Um, and um, me, um, Marlin, the little clownfish um, in, the, in the movie, is on a mission to find his son. And he meets up with someone that is actually Ellen DeGeneres' character, uh, Dory, the little bluefish. And Dory is going to help um, Marlin through um, some things that he doesn't know is coming. You can kind of get a sense that Dory has probably been down this path or actually through this jellyfish jungle before. And when Marlin gets really scared and he's really worrisome, um, she will distract him actually by singing a little ditty to him. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming uh, to keep him going. And there for a while it worked. And then he would, um, was getting frustrated with her, so she would dart around and she'd make silly noises. And the whole time, she's kind of, they're kind of going eye to eye, and he doesn't even realize he's getting through the jungle, the jellyfish jungle, a little bit at a time. Um, they end up in a 12-step group for, uh, run into a 12-step group for sharks that have given up fish. And of course, they're both fish. And uh, so there's some kind of dangerous places in it. And they find themselves in the mouth of a whale. And this is a really important part of the journey because as they are in the mouth of the whale, Dory qu quits telling him to keep swimming. She says, just let go. Just let go. And out of just exhaustion, resignation, he thinks he's totally at the end of his rope. He finally does what she says, and he lets go, and they go from the mouth of the whale into the belly of the whale, which is after you get to the belly of the whale, the whale uh, spews you out the, the um, spout, the blowhole, and you can continue the journey. So with trauma survivors or any part of life that's really intense, there will be a belly of the whale time that where we have to release our control and that we move from resignation into acceptance. And that is actually where the transformation occurs. Right. And, you know, that uh, Dory character reminds me a little bit about Carl Jung's stories with the trickster. You know, she's, she can't remember things. Mm -hmm. Interesting relative to so many trauma survivors who have forgotten pieces of the trauma. Um, and she is, she's uh, the fool. She's the clown. He's the clown fish, but she's the clown, basically. Right. 
That's right. And they get through it that way as as she sort of becomes more and more. Okay, so we're going to talk some more about that when we get back. This is Andrea Matthews. This is Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance, to trust, and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back to Authentic Living. We've had half of our show, and we're going to spend the next half of the show talking some more with Melissa Bradley, an expert on traumatic stress. And um, we just got through talking a little bit about one of the stories that you used to sort of illustrate the heroic journey, and that story was Nemo. 
uh, currently a movie that you can go get at Netflix or at your local uh, store, wherever you rent movies, or to the library, um, and sort of apply some of this information to it. So if you're interested, uh, take notes, because what you're about to hear has a lot to do with how you're going to develop through this process. The Jellyfish Jungle and the Road of Trials, tell us a little bit about that. Well, in, when we are going through our own jellyfish jungle, uh, oftentimes this is a time where we have little successes and then it feels like we have lost our uh, footing again. So it looks a little bit like, if you can imagine the image of someone on a roller coaster, it looks a bit like that. So people, um, uh, after a traumatic event particularly, will have um, periods of time that go very well, and then something uh, uh, there's something that gets thrown back into the into the story again. So again, it can be uh, a difficulty with a mate. It could be something that happened uh, in the workplace. It can be anything that actually uh, re-triggers someone feeling powerless, taken advantage of, etc. So with sexual trauma, it doesn't have to be about directly about um, sex or sexuality for that to pull people back in. And um, there, there may be uh, flashbacks, there may be other triggers, and so there will be progress and then there will be kind of a, 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 a backing away or what they feel is a backing away from the progress. But during this time, it is an essential time that we recommit to the journey and for a person that has had trauma, it would be recommitting to becoming whole again, recommitting to integrating it into their life story. It's also about um, as they begin to make sense of it and they find their strength and their gifts and their resilience. So that's what they're recommitting to. And then they will also have to develop a trust in self as well as others. In the heroic story, um, whatever our greatest strength is can also be our greatest weakness and vice versa. So if someone is a highly independent person, highly independent, chances are one of their heroic journeys in life will be uh, having to depend on another person. Um, then for a person that's highly dependent, one of their life um, journeys will probably be having to do something uh, alone, and so it, the, the greatest strength um, gets stronger, but our greatest weakness uh, actually weakens. So, so then we end up with even more strength. So right. it's part of the tenacity and recommitting to ourselves into the journey. Okay. And uh, you mentioned uh, something about discernment. Tell us how, how you learn discernment through this, this jellyfish jungle. Well, part of the discernment is when you get um, messages from a Dory character or when you, um, uh, for some people it would be hearing God's voice, when you hear, uh, when you have to develop discernment, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right next step? Uh, that discernment comes uh, through road of trials, through trial and error, that uh, when we didn't trust ourselves. We usually have an instinct uh, that if we can get still enough that that instinct will speak to us. Sometimes it comes out in body pain. 
sometimes it comes out, especially for sexual trauma survivors, body pain is quite common. Uh, so they probably develop that intuition, um, and that is actually one of the gifts oftentimes from uh, traumatic childhoods is that people develop instincts, but they've been taught not to listen to them. So it's reconnecting and um, validating that voice inside that's saying, um, do this, don't do that, or, or yes, take the risk, whatever it may be for that person. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so in that process of discernment, we become more able to manage our own lives. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so um, I know that uh, on your blog you talk a little bit about mindfulness. How does mindfulness help a survivor of sexual trauma? Well, one of the things that happens when a person has had a traumatic event in general, and, and especially something as personal as sexual trauma, is the natural instinct, survival instinct, is to leave the body not necessarily with a dissociative disorder or disconnecting in that way, but uh, it's hard for people to remain in the body, especially if it happened as a child. It's the body's wonderful survival response, so um, it's actually a blessing. The problem is that if people have gone through a lot of trauma, then getting in the body is essential. Um, so that is where we find the groundedness, and some people will find mindfulness by sitting in silence and just noticing their heartbeat, their breathing, etc. Some people have to be more active in that mindfulness, which might be riding a bike, walking. Um, another thing, uh, mindfulness can be done in journaling. What are the sounds that you hear right now? What do you see? Uh, what, uh, when I am traveling, one of the ways that I get grounded is looking at the um, beauty of nature, and is there a metaphor in the, this uh, twisting and turning road that I'm on? Um, is there a metaphor in the, the cliffs that I see? Is there a life metaphor? So there are a lot of ways to be mindful, So and, and it doesn't all involve meditation in the traditional sense. Right, and meditation sometimes for those who, who do have a hard time staying in the body is really even harder than for for everybody else who says it's hard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that's, um, we can, sometimes when people do uh, uh, handwork, that can be a form of mindfulness where we're actually kind of, strangely enough, getting out of our mind in a way or and really in the body and just being present with what we're doing. Right, and that is what we mean when we say mindfulness. We're talking about really just being present with where you are, what's around you, what's inside you, what in the moment, right here, right now. Mm -hmm. um, even with colors and shapes and smells and the uh, feeling of the wind on your face, anything like that can help you sort of get grounded in, uh, in your body. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so when you talk about integrating uh, the trauma into your life, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, from a personal perspective, because I had that as my life experience in childhood, um, part of it is um, early in the process people 
identify themselves with their trauma. In fact, I even went to groups um, that, that you would go around the room, hi, my name is Missy, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. It becomes the I am of who we are. Mm-hmm. And at some point in the healing process, we begin to recognize that we are lots of things and that will be part of who we are. It'll always be part of my history. But now the way I would say it is, my name is Missy. I'm a human being that experienced sexual trauma. So it's, it's an element of my story, but it's not all of my story. So that is, that's part of that integration. And, um, and that sounds very easy, but it's not an easy process to go through because it may have been there um, how they identify themselves for decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the identification with the, the trauma sometimes keeps us in that out of, out of grounding, out of the body, and in, a, in chaos in relationships and all that. But at the same time, that too might be a part of the process. Absolutely. Uh, part of the process uh, of being in that and identifying with it um, having an identity is important, uh, but it doesn't have to be the identity that was thrust upon us. So at some point in the healing, we will be able to choose who we really are, even even if we have experienced a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. I really like the way you said that, too, um, because I, I, I think that, you know, when you were talking about going to groups and you said, I am a survivor of sexual trauma... I really think that that uh, what you said there was putting the part into the whole instead of letting the part be the whole. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a real important um, piece of that integration. Patrick, we use the word integration quite a bit um, on this show and, you know, in our talking. You can see it a lot in pulp magazines now. And it really just means to sort of absorb something into a whole instead of letting that, that something be the whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, now this gives an opportunity for a person to begin to thrive rather than just be a survivor. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by thriving? What is that? Well, thriving means that we're more focused on the present and the future because, because we have integrated the past. So it's not that we are avoiding the past, but it is where it is fully a part of the fabric of who we are, and we have seen the gifts of how, how have we been transformed by the healing process or by that event, whatever it may be. So people begin to recognize their greatest strengths, their, their, uh, their ability to connect to others. They honor their instinct. They honor their story. And it is um, part of what uh, pushes them or uh, allows them to move into that thriver. Okay. Well, that's beautifully said. We're going to be back for our last segment with Melissa Bradley, expert on sexual trauma, in just a few minutes. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Over there? Over there's the water. 
Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T E-D-U. All my love. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. 
Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment today. We just never get enough time to talk to people. Uh, we're talking to Melissa Bradley today, and we're talking about sexual trauma and the heroic journey toward transformation. We've talked about the call, the transformational crisis, the initiation and transformation, the, um, the call that keeps on calling, I guess, and also um, the road of trials and integration. And we want to talk just a little bit now about the return well, the return is uh, where we return to a rhythm of life where we're not pioneering for the time being. Um, because we have many, many journeys in our life, uh, we may have several of these going on at the same time, but the return is where we return to a state of, um, uh, of, a, of a rhythm, but we're at a higher level of awareness, wisdom, skills, uh, connectedness with others. So we bring back in the return the gifts of working through, in this situation, um, the traumatic uh, sexual trauma, the, the traumatic event. Okay. So when, when we return, we're actually returning to life. We're returning to life, and when we do, uh, then part of our job is to pay it forward. And we will do that either in more... Um, uh, loose ways in, in terms of um, maybe a friend discloses to you and, and you have an, uh, a level of wisdom that you can be present and hear their story, or maybe you do it, um, you do the return in more formal ways in terms of a profession or volunteer work uh, for an organization uh, such as a crisis center, et cetera. So we, we return with the gifts that we share with the community, mm-hmm. whether it's our family community or whether it's the community at large. Right. And, and we can do that because we have evolved to another place that because we've been through the heroic journey. We have been our own hero. That's right. That's right. Okay. Or heroine. Or heroine. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I want to get uh, our listeners to know a little bit more about you, um, Missy. To, to tell us a little bit about your website, your blog, the um, Heroic Journal, all of that. Um, well, if they go to the Omnibus Center, uh, O-M-N-I-B-U-S, theomnibuscenter.com, they can not only find my blog, but they can also find the, the Heroic Journal the Heroic Journal comes out once a month, and it's a series of uh, stories and interviews with people from, uh, with different challenges in life, uh, with different sets of belief systems. So it's not going to be just one uh, type of spiritual belief. It may be people coming from a secular um, belief system as well. Um, and it will have some research and inspiring stories of real people, uh, even businesses, um, the one that came out today is about um, the economy of resilience um, since it's the year of, uh, after uh, the global economic thing and how do we come at that with, a, with more of a sense of hope um, in this process of uh, what are the challenges um, and opportunities that come from that. So um, they can find the Heroic Journal and all the archives on my website 
well, and they can find a little bit more information about the heroic journey uh, as well as the, uh, the seminar that goes to 48 states and Canada. Uh, this one hasn't gone to um, Central America yet, but uh, it, it does go to the 48 states and Canada. So, and they can find out where my tour schedule is, and I'll be, I have the tour schedule through the first week of December posted already. Okay, and by tour, you mean? Well, it's a lecture tour, and if someone is a, um, a clinical professional or um, a, a medical professional, they get CEUs uh, for it, and um, they can check and see what boards uh, cover, um, uh, approve of the seminar. Most of the big boards do. Uh, also, drug and alcohol counselors are just interested seekers um, can uh, come to the seminar. So they can actually download a brochure on my website. Great, great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So now we've taken a, a, a sort of a heroic journey. I wonder if you can sort of close us out with a myth that will be uh, a heroic journey we can sort of keep with us. Okay. Um, well, I think that um, the story, um, the, one of the best-known stories, The Wizard of Oz, uh, is a wonderful heroic or heroine story. Actually, there are several heroes as well as heroines where Dorothy, um, uh, as she went through um, uh, the land of Oz and all of the challenges with the Wicked Witch and the friends that she met and how they helped one another uh, be transformed, whether it was courage or to be able to feel or to be able to think, they all came together to help one another on their journey. And when Dorothy returned home, you know, the, uh, Glinda, the good witch, said um, that it was always within her. All she had to do was click her heels together and say, there's no place like home. And it turns out that she had never left. So the story is that we never really leave who we are. We just have lost our awareness about it. Absolutely, and that's such a wonderful uh, analogy to the, the, the courage and the heart and the thinking that we have to have along the heroic journey that helps us to learn to trust the self and to develop discernment and to, you know, um, commit to actually being a part of the journey. So, you know, that's a really a beautiful analogy. Well, and Toto is also her intuition, so we have intuition in there as well. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's true. And I, I was actually just, my granddaughter introduced me again to, the, to that story the other day, and Toto actually uncovering the lion in the woods. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Missy, Thank for you, Andrea. talking with our listeners today. And we're going to be back again next week to talk to Robert Oto about how to transform fate the destiny. This is Andrea Matthews. This is Authentic Living. Remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, birth yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.